Cerberus Virtual Racing is now sponsored by Track Titan. Track Titan is powerful race telemetry software that tracks your drive so you can see where you can improve. Track Titan runs in the background, so you don't have to worry about activations or annoying overlays. Just go out and drive. Track Titan records your drive and inputs for easy interactive examination afterwards. With over 4,000 reference laps and millions of laps recorded, you can spot where you can improve and how others are achieving their laps. You could also find your racing rival on Track Titan and see exactly what they're doing. Get a 30-day free trial now when you sign up for Track Titan using promo code CVRTT. Once again, a 30-day free trial of Track Titan when you use promo code CVRTT. See you on track! post-race show, a podcast to keep you up on the latest of Cerberus Virtual Racing's Series 3 Championship. My name is Peter Wasinski, and I am joined today by my charming co-host, Nicholas Peltzel. Hi. So, Cerberus Virtual Racing Series 3 is an eight-round championship race on a set of course of competition sim and hosted by Cerberus Virtual Racing on ZimGrid. Today we are talking about Round 5 at Spa. The Circuit de Spa-Francorchamps, often referred to simply as Spa, has a rich and storied history. It was established in the early 1920s and quickly gained prominence as one of the most challenging and scenic tracks in the world. Originally, the circuit spanned public roads connecting the towns of Francorchamps, Malmedy, and Stavla in Belgium's Ardennes region. Is that, is that right? Ardennes? Yeah, it's the Ardennes. Over the years, Spa underwent various modifications to enhance safety and accommodate modern racing standards. It has been a fixture in Formula One since the championship's inception, except for a brief hiatus in the mid-20th century. Spa has borne witness to numerous historic moments, including legendary battles between racing greats and unforgettable displays of skill and bravery. The track's iconic features like the daunting Eau Rouge complex and the Long Kemmel Strait have become synonymous with high-speed racing and moments of sheer brilliance. Spa remains a beloved and challenging venue, a true test of a driver's skill, courage, and mechanical prowess. Its rich history and breathtaking layout continue to captivate motorsport enthusiasts worldwide. Yeah, Spa is really located in the picturesque Ardennes region of Belgium. It is a legendary track that commands immense respect in the world of motorsport. Stretching over approximately 7 kilometers or 4.3 miles, it stands as one of the longest and most challenging circuits on the Formula 1 calendar. Its layout is a roller coaster ride of elevation changes with famous sections like Arouge, 
like you mentioned, and Blanchiment pushing drivers and machines to the limits. Bar Francochon seamlessly marries high speed straight with technical corners, creating accelerating experience that demands precision, skill, and a profound understanding of what the racing line. It's a track that has witnessed historic battles and unforgettable moments, earning its place as a beloved icon in the hearts of motorsports enthusiasts worldwide. Far as a historic and challenging track, we note for its beautiful yet treasurous layout, making it a beloved fixture in the motorsport. So, Series 3 is a one-drop series where the lowest scoring race of the season will be dropped from each driver's leaderboard totals. We now return from the mid-series break and have four races left to go. Peter Wisinski, myself, leads the pro category with 133 points. Within five points of first place are both Gavin Sullivan and Paul Simon in second and third. Eric Roguski heads the Pro-Am pack with 161 points. Mark Kutz and Connor Jalowiecki are second and third at 139 and 136 points. Finally, Simon Tonkin leads the amateurs with 154 points, while Stacey Ellis is at 144 and Chris Montgomery has 100. What a qualifying end race start order. We have the pole position that would go to Todd Brown in the Porsche 992. Second and third position were taken by Sandra Fenzand and Yusuf Bin Suhail in the McLaren 720S. In the pro category, P4 Archie Moed leads, P5 Hans Gingel, both in the McLarens, and then Eric Rogowski in the Merck. Starting P13, Stacey Ellis would lead in the AM category in the Merck, followed by P16 Simon Tonking, also in the Mercedes, and P17 Chris Montgomery in the McLaren. So, qualifying was difficult, the race was difficult, uh, and round five was actually our first night race of the series, and that brought so many challenges with it. So, for the, the big thing that I think we have to talk about is track temperature. Mm -hmm. Track temperature was frigid it was 11 degrees uh track temperature when you're so used to having a track that's uh more around like 20 somewhere in that range um but for for 11 degrees celsius that is that is a cold track yeah it's a completely different challenge there i i found it so difficult to get grip and the the, tra the track barely rubbered in uh, over the course of qualifying. I, I don't even think at the end of the race, I don't, I don't think it ever made it to like optimum track conditions. I think it might have gotten to fast at best. I, I genuinely don't think we ever hit optimum track conditions for this race. Yeah, I, I, I couldn't recall, like, after my heartbreak moment, I, I wasn't <laughs> there to witness the, the rest of the um, uh, track conditions. 
Um, but yeah, what, what, what kept in mind was like starting the race and up until my pit stop, it was like um, even more sketchy. <laughs> like I'm used to drive a sketchy car, but right. it was even more sketchy and more challenging. And uh, yeah, therefore we had uh, still some well-behaved race. Um, we had some minor incidents here and there, yeah, but... Uh, Regarding the difficulties that uh, we were facing, night race, cold, green to fast track, um, really not that bad. I, I absolutely forgot until you mentioned it right now that you had that incident during the race. And honestly, my, my heart breaks for you, man. Uh... So, for those who are not aware, at some point during the race, Niklaus had a computer failure? What happened? Yeah. Uh, I use Armamentario, which is basically an HUD overlay. Um, from the beginning of the race onwards, I had uh, no overlays from that app, so I was kind of... Uh, um, yeah, hindered like all the way because I uh, couldn't see my settings that I normally see on, on on a very highlighted perspective. Like, where do I have damage? Uh, which is the one I use? Um, how's my TC, my ABS? All that was gone. Like, I, I could just change it on the fly to see, okay, now I'm in TC1, now I'm TC3, and stuff like that. Um, but. On the pit stops, I decided to close the app and open it up again. But by closing the app, it, automatic it automatically closed my game as well. So oh, I was no. out of the race. Um, oh. Yeah, that, that was a hard moment for me since pace-wise, I managed due to many, many minutes of practice with Todd who like thank you uh in that position as well um todd who's our alien in the porsche really was helping me out so much to improve my lap times from like high 20s even 21s to consistent 2018 2019 lap times in optimum conditions mm. um you were hitting 2018s yeah, two eighteens, uh, pretty consistent on like a quali fuel, uh, on optimum conditions as that is. But uh, seeing what we have in, in qualifying and uh, this race, uh, it was something different. So I was quite right. uh, a bit off the pace there. But uh, still, regarding that, all the field was having the same issues. Um, we were still in the contention. And I was catching the guys in front, um, like, yeah, just sad that it had to end that way. Yeah. I would love to increase my um, standing order, but not 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 that time. I have to fight for it even harder. I I also use Armamentario, and uh, I have looked through the settings where it's like, oh, do you want this to? start and end the game when you start up this app that way you know things like that or crew chief uh if i just open it it'll just start up the sim mm -hmm. 
but I, I've always had them turned off uh, genuinely because I'm worried about a situation like the one that you just had. And, oh, that is that is so rough. Uh, Probably the safest way to keep it away, my man. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my heart breaks for you. But uh, it, it wasn't just a difficult race for you it was a difficult race for uh so many people did uh i don't know if you saw but we started with 20 drivers did you see how mm -hmm. many we finished with uh wasn't it like 11 or 13 12 it was only 12 yeah. that's that's Middle worse part. than snatterton e even snatterton yeah we had like I think we had six drivers drop out, but mm -hmm. I mean, so many things went wrong in the dark, in the cold on this. Uh, we started this race on a green track. Uh, Quali was on a green track. The race happened on a green track. Uh, and that just going up a Rouge in a on a green track in the dark the first few times scary was not entirely sure if i was going to uh if i was gonna manage to hold it together but i i actually think this is one of the first races uh like a long race w on spa where i did not spin once going up a rouge so i feel real i i feel really accomplished about that at least yeah, Arush's performance was uh, quite good uh, for most of the races, I'd say, uh, even though the challenging conditions. Um, I I wasn't even sure after like lap one whether my tires would hold in lap two. Right, I, I was like, just just just, just go for it, <laughs> full throttle, and just pray for it. Uh, luckily, it worked out, um, <laughs> which is not a certain thing. But uh, yeah, it really was a adrenaline moment there. Yeah, I, I actually do find typically going up a rouge uh, flat out will keep me more stable than trying to back off the throttle. So I, I think it's actually something uh, that keeps the balance of your car. So the best thing you can do, I feel like, is to try and go flat out or like just minor lift but if you come off that throttle too much that would also send you into a spin there uh but eau rouge typically people look at eau rouge and go oh that's the danger point but we had a lot more issues at the end of the camel uh <laughs> yeah started up on lap one with that large accident which which took out uh, Yusuf and Sandro right in lap one. I couldn't believe it. Yeah. Um, I mean, that, that was a, another of those moments that um, you, you don't want to see because obviously it is a tough contention in, in the pros pace-wise. Um, seeing Todd is up there with the Porsche who isn't like Spar isn't the, the strongest track for Porsche. Um but it is one of the fastest for the McLarens. So both both of them really could have a saying in challenging Todd there. Um, 
again, Archie also had a great showing in, in pace and quality, so uh, he would be possibly closer to the pros there as well. Um, yeah, but in the end, it is uh, just a sad story that those were out that early in the race because they could have made Tot a very hard competition. Yeah, this was uh, this was one of the first races where we had. I mean, you know, we're, I'm in the pro class. Gavin is in the pro class. Paul is in the pro class. We're pretty decent drivers, but you know, the difference between pro and the aliens, like Todd and Matt and Yusuf and and uh, Sandro that that is in itself its own subcategory of the pros and i was so excited to see a race where we had uh three three aliens in in the race because i i wanted to see like hey what's gonna happen with these guys and uh to see two of them get knocked out so early really was uh, really was sad. I mean, granted, yeah. it boosted my position in the category, sure, but you know, I, I really just I like seeing someone bring some challenge to uh, to the aliens. Great sportsmanship there. Well, I, I hate to, because I kind of feel like I know what your answer is going to be on this, but what was your most memorable moment of the race? And I'm hoping it's not Armamentario shutting you down. I mean, of course, it, it burned itself into my head there. Um, definitely. But I, I rather have a uh, positive there in mind. And um, that is the close battles that were uh, taking place. And I had a very good, a very fierce but in the end, good battle with um, Connor Jalowiecki, um, who qualified somewhere around me, but um, did end up going through the incident of uh, Sandro and Yusuf uh, quite a bit better than me, so he ended up in front of me. Mm-hmm. And I was so desperately trying to get past him. He just blocked in all the good places, so... Um, I, I really had a fierce fight there to, to get along. Unfortunately, it ended with a touch in a situation where you don't want to touch yourself. Like, um, he, he just burns oh off me. Um, going <laughs> in, in, in a very fast left-hander. Um, that was, yeah, unfortunate. But up until then, I had like uh, one and a half laps of very, very fierce racing so close together um we were kind of next to each other for like a couple corners great battle there so for me i'm not going to say this was the most uh, memorable i i think maybe i i put it kind of like i guess as an honorable mention for a memorable moment Mm -hmm. um but there was at some point, I think it must have been lap three or four. It was early in the race. And I'm following Connor, and we had a, a new driver with us uh, in a BMW. 
and we were coming to La Source. Uh, La Source is turn one, right? Mm, not certain, but uh, I know what you mean. Like turn one, like the the shop happened. Yeah, I I, I would swear that turn one is called La Source, but uh, anyway, yeah, it, it could be. But I'm I'm just not uh, very refined well, there. So we're coming into turn one, and I am behind Connor, and behind me is the BMW, and I can see what this BMW... Like, I could see that this driver was going to go for a dive bomb uh, ten seconds before we hit the corner. No, maybe that's an exaggeration. Time really does seem to slow down in those high intensity moments, doesn't it? But yeah. it, it, I, I would say there was enough time before me realizing this BMW is going to dive bomb the hell out of this corner, and so I, I avoided going into the apex of turn one. And the BMW shot past me and did not manage to brake enough. Uh, and he rear-ends Connor, spins Connor out in turn one. Mm -hmm. Oh, Doug, will you chill out? Um, but so he spins Connor out in turn one, drives through him just keeps going and you know in in my attempt to avoid an accident entirely now i am stuck with connor in front of me on the apex of the turn and i'm like inching for well not really inching forward i'm trying to move forward so that i can go around connor and continue my race but every time I inch forward to try and go around him, he starts backing up. And then I'll inch forward and he starts backing up. And I was losing my mind because I'm just like, stay in one spot. You've been in an accident. All you have to do now is just stay on the brakes. And when everyone else drives past you and it's safe to do so, you can re-enter the race. But... I, ha I got overtaken by like four or five cars mm -hmm. and I was so upset during this whole ordeal and I know that I've rambled on a lot about that but I don't want to make that my most memorable moment so what I will say is I had a second fun moment that involved an, an accident with Martin's story so Martin who you know he's he's not in uh the pro category with me but that doesn't mean that i don't have fun driving against uh drivers in lower categories so we are on the last like three laps of the race and i'm looking at my fuel and my uh my fuel margin is razor thin it's saying that I'm going to finish the race at the hour with an additional three liters of fuel, which, mm -hmm. which means at the, at the hour finish, 
I have three leaders left. If ha, if uh, Todd, who was leading the race, if Todd is behind me when I fin when uh, when that timer is up and I'm over that starting line, I have to go another entire lap on three liters of fuel. And the track is eating fuel at about 3.6 liters. Yeah. So I cut power. Uh, the next person in my category that was going to be behind me was, I think it was Gavin. And I think Gavin was maybe like uh, a few laps below me because of an incident that happened earlier in the race. So I wasn't super concerned about losing positions to pro-am drivers, right? So I cut fuel completely. I'm actually chatting with Martin uh, in the voice chat, and he's like, oh, well, you know, you can pass me. And I'm like, I'm not really worried about position. You know, we're, we're in our categories. So making a big deal about letting you pass me is not going to affect my my standing so martin passes me and uh a lap and a half later here comes todd lapping the pack and i let todd get in front of me so now i'm looking at my fuel i have uh four liters of fuel left we're going into the last lap. Todd's in front of me. Beautiful. I kick the the fuel all the way back to power. And now it doesn't really matter, right? Like, the timer's going to be done. I'm still going to have fuel. Mm -hmm. So we're driving. Todd laps Martin, and now it's just me and Martin. And Martin and I are just kind of talking about, like, he's thinking giving of giving me the the position back and i'm like nah man let's let's fight it out let's let's just go for it and he keeps me behind him for the entire lap and as we're coming up to blanchemont uh where he he's talking about like oh you think you got the brakes to to make this maneuver so we blast through blanchemont we go into the final chicane and I try to dive bomb the inside, but Martin hit the apex before I made it to the apex. And so I ended up rear-ending him and spinning him out. And, uh, you know, we're, we're just trying to catch our bearings. I could have just gotten back on the power, taken the position. The finish line was right there. But, you know, it, it was just a bit of fun between me and Martin to have a battle before race end and so i sat there for maybe like four seconds just telling him like hey get back on you you deserve the position i'm not i'm not taking a position from you by hitting you the turn before race end uh so i i you know i wish i didn't hit him obviously mm -hmm. Uh, I wish uh, I wish that I had kept that clean, but it, it was a it was a good bit of sport between us, and that's why I think that's my 
most memorable moment of the race. A great ending to the story um, with many ups and downs in between. Yeah. At the end of the race, in the pro category, Todd Brown would take his second win of the series, followed by ERJ Leifer and Peter Wasinski. Our top three in the Pro-Am category were Eric Roguski, Hans Jingel, and Martin Story. Simon Tonkin takes first place in the Amateur category, followed by Chris Montgomery and Stacey Ellis. For the Fastest Lab bonus points, we have the Fastest Lab, as in their category, a bonus point was awarded to the following drivers. In the Amateur category, the Fastest Lab goes to Simon Tonking, who's setting a 2 minute 21.8. In the pro category, we have Eric Rugoski, who gets the extra point with a 2 minute 19.242. If, rem- if I remember correct, Hans was very close to that as well. <laughs> yes, In uh, the Hans, yeah, and, Hans and Eric battled it out pretty much the entirety of this race. Yeah. In the pro category, Todd Brown attains the fastest lap with a stunning 2 minute 16.997. In those conditions, that is amazing. Congrats to that one. Wow. Um, for the point standing, we have you, <laughs> Peter, uh, who's holding top of the leaderboard in the pro category with 174 points. Gavin Sullivan is currently second with 169 points, and Todd is third with 162 points. So, probably catching. Uh, he'll, he's gonna. I, I have a feeling that Todd Brown uh, is going to take it, um, but we we can discuss that more in a moment. Yeah. In the prime division, we have Eric who just continues his lead with 217 points uh, which is now to a point where it's like really heavy and, and really hard to to kind of try to get points from him uh mark Hertz stays in second with 176 points so my screen went dark sorry for the interruption it's all right um so Mark Hertz stays in second with 176 points and Kirk Nicholson follows in third with 162 points. And he himself has a one single point lead ahead of me. Yeah. In the amateur category, we have Simon Tonking who creates a comfortable lead with 210 points. Second place is now held by Chris Montgomery with 149 and Stacey Ellis closes with 145 points, only four points away from them. If you would like further details about championship soundings, please follow the link to our SimGrid page. Before we finish, let us move on to a segment we like to call the Best Drive Awards. This award is not necessarily given to the driver who takes first overall in the race, but is given to a driver who we feel had a standout performance that deserves recognition. My best drive for Spa is Arik Roguski. It's a difficult track. 
it was difficult conditions, and he had a great race. If you watch the race for for him and Hans, he and Hans battled it out for an hour, and at race end, there were less than four seconds between the two. Uh, and I think I think a lot of people, when I say this, you know, it seems kind of like a joke because because Eric is the one who pushed me into the pro category. But I think Eric is driving above his category. I think he belongs in the pros with Gavin, myself, and Paul. Uh, is he alien level like Todd and Sandro? No, but neither are myself, Gavin, Paul, and and he's beating us. Uh, as you said during the, the standings, Todd Brown might be catching up. I have two forecasts for the end of the season. Forecast number one is Todd Brown makes each race for the next uh, three races that we have and Todd Brown continues to get first and get the fastest lap point and he wins the championship the other the other uh, forecast that I'm making wow how did I say the word like 20 seconds ago and I have a brain fart on what the word is <laughs> I, 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 don't, I don't understand what just happened um, what is it when you're making a guess as to what's going to happen in the future what was the word well, that I used <laughs> ah. a forecast well a forecast I feel like that's weather um, either way so Either Todd continues to win and he comes in and he's going to take the lead of the pro category at race end, or people finally recognize that Eric is a pro driver, puts Eric in the pro category, and he takes the whole championship because I think he's finished so far ahead of so many people in the group that if if he got the pro points for the previous races that he was in I genuinely think that Eric would be at the top of the pro leaderboard if if we switched all of his races to you know if he was a pro I think Eric would be at the top. I think he'd be beating me right now, and I think he'd be—I mm, yep. think he'd be beating me comfortably. Yep, I—I I would agree that he most likely will end up in in front of you if we calculate the the numbers now. But um, yeah, at the moment it's not on us to decide. Uh, he's definitely um, the strongest program there is at the moment for us. Um, Hence his uh, comfortable lead in the prime category, which is uh, uh, plenty. <laughs> um, 
for me, the best drive award this time is really hard to give to someone because everyone out of the top four or five would probably earn it in, in a different way. Like Todd, Todd's pace, for example, could earn it because he was just on the point, ready to go, untouchable, as you said. Um, doing his thing, his pace was great. There was no doubt about it after the first laps that he is going to take that. And then Lifer. Lifer definitely had the pace. He put some great, great moves out. He was coming from like close to that last finishing P2. I mean, he plowed through the field. Um, great performance. What, what's hindering me to give it him the best drive award is that along the way he made too many contacts with other drivers involved. Right. Like, um, he was faster. He, he pulled out so, some great moves, but in the end, touching like four people on a way. Yeah, no, I, um, I agree. When I was considering the uh, who I would give my award for, uh, he, he was definitely on my radar. The issue I have with his drive is he did uh, he did get some penalties he was uh, the cause of the and I'm not holding it necessarily against him like ah the accident you caused affected me but you know his his incident with Connor uh, affected multiple people's drives um, mm-hmm. So it it was a standout performance, but it was not like a clean performance. It, it yeah. just kind of he he felt kind of like he bullied his way up mm-hmm. to the front of the grid. And uh, I'm not saying it's not impressive, but it's also the reason that I couldn't give him the best drive award. Agreed. And. Um... Then, I mean, Eric, you gotta give him props for what what he's doing week in, week out. He's just so consistent, hitting good strategies more often than not. Um, having great consistent race pace. Uh, quality pace isn't up there on alien level, but his consistency definitely is compared to his pace. It's, it's just amazing. But for me, the standard performance has to be Hans. Like Hans Jindal this time, his pace was there a little bit longer than, than that race. But on that race, he especially delivered a great performance, battling Eric nearly all of the race. So close together. Um, great sport between those two. And he managed to pull it off without great failures or mistakes or anything done by him. So seeing him stepping up his pace, stepping up his game is is great for me. I really love to see him there. And that's why he gets the best drive award from me. Love it. All right. Well, join us again when we come back to talk round six taking place at Silverstone. Until then, leave a comment on your most memorable Spa or Silverstone moments. 
we'd love to read and include some of your favorite moments in our episodes moving forward. Please like, follow, and subscribe to stay in the know about Cerberus Virtual Racing Series 3 and other events hosted by Cerberus Virtual Racing. The CVR Post Race Show is now on YouTube, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts, so please leave a review. If you'd like to join us, please see the link to the Cerberus Virtual Racing Discord channel. There are drivers of all skill levels from across three continents to drive with and learn from. And if you really like what we're doing, please consider becoming a Patreon for access to exclusive servers, car setups, coaching, and custom liveries. We've got some great benefits for Patreon members, and it also helps us continue to put together the events and subsequent content for you guys, so it is greatly appreciated. That said, we would like to take a quick moment to shout out our Patreons and the people who make this all possible. Ash Leach, Nicholas Peltzel, Jessica Peltzel, Peter Wasinski, Hans Gingel, Gavin Sullivan, Paul Simon, Stephen Jordan, Mark Taylor, Eric Roguski, Martin Story, Matt Lee, Michael Woolicott, Christine Nicholson, Kirk Nicholson, Chris Montgomery, Thomas Gerlach, Simon Tonkin, Stacy Ellis, and Tony Herzig. Thank you guys for your hard work and support. We are happy to have you as part of the Cerberus Virtual Racing family. Until next time, may your tires always find grip. Bye! Bye!